This is Mind Salad, a program of diverse weekly discussions about mental wellness with a rotating panel of licensed professional mental health counselors on a variety of mental health topics with guests and information to help you sort through life struggles. The information that is provided on this program is for informational purposes only and is not meant to treat or diagnose any mental health condition or be a substitute for therapy. This week, your host is Lexi Ellis from Into Freedom Counseling. Good morning and welcome to Mind Salad, a diverse discussion about mental wellness. This is a new radio program that will be hosting four different mental health counselors here in Colorado Springs, each of us with our own practices and our own unique perspectives. My name is Lexi Ellis. I'm a licensed professional counselor and the owner of a small counseling practice in Colorado Springs called Into Freedom Counseling. I am one of 12 clinicians who meets with clients there. We serve a wide range of people in the community from kiddos to older adults with the majority of our clinicians specializing in work with teenagers and young adults. With each of these shows, we will be having discussions about a wide variety of topics that have to do with mental health. I will be having different guests on who are very knowledgeable and passionate about the particular topic that they will be joining. I absolutely love what I do. It is an honor and a joy for me to sit with people in both their darkest moments and in the beautiful moments of healing and growth. If I were to be asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would without a doubt say a counselor. So I feel very fortunate that I get to do what I feel like I'm called to do. For today's show, we are going to be talking about something that I don't love. In fact, it's one of my least favorite topics, but it's very important, which is why I wanted us to talk about it today. And that topic is insurance as it relates to mental health benefits. The guest with me today is somebody who keeps our practice running. She allows us counselors to focus on our work with clients. Without her, we would not be able to function. She is the person who handles all things related to our insurance, our biller, Gabby Gay. Gabby, thanks so much for keeping our practice together and for joining us. Would you please introduce yourself and tell us why in the world you got yourself into this position of doing billing for insurance? Thanks, Lexi, for having me today. My name is Gabby Gay, and I'm the owner of a small medical billing company called BHMS. About 15 years ago, I went to work for a substance abuse agency as their practice manager. After working for several different practices and learning about the complex maze that is insurance billing, I made the move to open my own business that currently provides billing, credentialing, and patient management services. I really focus on smaller providers to help with the complexities of the insurance and to make sure that these small practices can be successful financially. So Gabby, one of the biggest issues I see as a provider is that clients have absolutely no idea what their behavioral health benefits are or how to get the information they need. And so we have people calling us all of the time that completely leave that, leave that information out. And that is one of the most important pieces in seeking mental health if they're going to be using their benefits. So today, we're hoping to help people navigate this insurance piece and hopefully eliminate some obstacles that might prevent people from seeking mental health counseling. Gabby, help us understand what is the difference between a deductible and a copay, and how does somebody know if they have either? Oh, sure. That's a great question. So um, a deductible is a set out-of-pocket amount that you usually need to meet before the insurance company will start paying. That being said, there are some services that are not subject to the deductible, so it's always good to understand your insurance policy. Um, a copay 
is a set dollar amount that represents your cost share with the insurance company. So assuming that your deductible is met or does not apply to the service you are receiving, um, you may have a $20 copay. Um, I'd like to throw in two more terms, coinsurance. Uh, sometimes you will have coinsurance instead of a copay, and coinsurance is just a set percentage. Uh, for example, the insurance company may pay 80% and you pay 20% of the reimbursable fee. And then the last term that I'd like to throw out there is out-of-pocket max. This is the maximum amount that you will have to pay out-of-pocket during your contract year. Um, so an example may be you may have a $1,500 deductible, um, and you could have 20% coinsurance or a $20 copay. And so basically you will be paying that $1,500 if the service is subject to the deductible. And then once that's met, your coinsurance or your copay would kick in. Now, if you had a $3,000 out-of-pocket max, once you reach having paid that out to your providers, then the insurance will come in and pay at 100%. And for somebody who does have a deductible or a copay, um, if that's determined beforehand, which hopefully it is, uh, that payment is required at time of service. So either at the beginning of a session or at the end of a session, depending on the provider, um, just know that that fee, whatever that is, if it's a copay, a deductible, or coinsurance, is is due at, at the day of the service. An additional question I have is, what is an EOB? So an EOB is an explanation of benefits, and both the provider and the client will receive this from the insurance company. So assuming you've done all of your homework and you know exactly what your cost share will be for your services, you will get a statement in the mail that will show you the date of service. There will be something called a CPT code, which is just a number that tells the insurance companies what service was provided. And then a dollar amount that was charged by the provider. And then there will also be the amount that the insurance actually reimburses. So most providers will bill higher um, than what they actually get reimbursed because there's so many different reimbursement rates. It's easier to bill a flat rate that's higher and then just write off the difference. After that, you will see your cost share piece. And then they will also show you what they paid your provider. So it's always really important to look at these and understand these to make sure that no billing was provided on days when services were not rendered. Um, sometimes this happens by accident. Um, insurance claims go from a provider to a biller to the insurance company and then back to everybody. So there's lots of people involved and mistakes can happen. So it's always a good idea to review your EOBs and make sure that they make sense for the services that you've received. So if somebody is looking at their EOB and they notice that there's a mistake, who should they contact? Um, so the best place to start is the provider. Um, sometimes I do encourage the client to call the insurance company only because it's something that they may have to fix. Um, there's certain things that we cannot fix as billers, um, but I always start with the, with the provider um, because typically they can solve most problems. So I literally did not know some of that information. And I see clients all the time that want to use your insurance. So I'm already learning something from this. <laughs> uh, okay, so 
My next question is, how would somebody know if they have any special requirements to receiving coverage? So something that comes up is a prior authorization, for instance. Can you explain that to us and how would somebody know if they need to get that? Sure. So each insurance plan is different um, and they have different rules for different treatments. Um, Mental health has come a long way with parity rules, um, which has eliminated the need in most instances for pre-authorization, but there are still plans out there that require pre-authorization for services. Um, So I would always suggest that as a consumer that you reach out to your insurance company to find out more about your benefits and to understand if the services that you're looking um, to have are covered um, or if you will need this pre-authorization. And on the same hand, the providers also um, need to do their due diligence to verify if pre-authorization is needed. And basically pre-authorization is just the insurance company saying, Um, We have reviewed the request and we do approve for you to have a set number of sessions with this provider and then the provider can always ask for more. And how would somebody go about getting that information from their insurance company? So when I ask a client to contact their insurance company, um, they often don't know how to go about doing that. What's the best way to do that? So the best way to do it is to... um, There's two, and so it kind of depends on your preference. One is to call the 800 number on the back of the insurance card. Um, That's that's always a really important phone number. The other option is most insurance companies have online benefits um, and details, so you can always sign up for an online account if, if you do better digesting it by reading it versus hearing it over the phone. What information do you as a biller need to have from a client in order to actually bill their insurance? So um, the first thing we need are demographics. We need um, name, date of birth, address, um, and then we're going to need specific insurance information, which includes member ID, group number, payer. Um, I always like to have the phone number that's on the back for providers, um, because oftentimes when we try to find out stuff online, we can't always find it out. So it's always good to have that phone number. and. Um, yeah, so that, that's what we need in order to be able to bill. And then from the actual providers, um, we just need the details of the sessions. And can you help us understand what the difference is between in-network and out-of-network benefits? Sure. So in-network basically means that the insurance company has contracted with a particular provider to provide services at a set rate that they um, that is outlined in their contract. Out of network means that that particular provider has not gone through that process with the insurance company, so they're not part of the contracted network. And how would somebody know if a counselor is in network or out of network? So there's a couple of ways that you can call the number on the back of your insurance card. You can look it up online. Most insurance companies have good provider searches online, and you can search a, a specific provider. Um, You can speak with the provider themselves because they obviously know who they are and are not contracted with. And um, through an insurance verification prior to a client being seen, um, that information would be checked. I also encourage clients to go to a website that's called Psychology Today, and it's actually a website Uh, where clients can filter out um, whatever their preferences are to find a counselor. And one of those filters is by insurance. So that can be a really great resource for clients to use as well. 
Uh, so I kind of just answered part of my next question, and so did you. How do I find a counselor in my network? Um, so I get a lot of calls uh, from people that, again, have just have no idea what their benefits are, um, how to go about using them, and there's there's not a concept of uh, who can and can't take my insurance. So I guess that actually will lead me into maybe the next question, um, which is why don't all providers take all insurance? Well, so this is can tend to be a little bit complicated. So um, there's multiple reasons. So um, some providers may choose to not contract with a particular insurance company um, due to pre-authorization requirements or reimbursement rates. Um, but there's also a growing trend in mental health care now where there's something called supervisory billing. And so what supervisory billing is, in order to contract with an insurance company, you have to be a licensed, a fully licensed provider in the state of Colorado. And um, for people who are have their master's degree and are working towards um, becoming fully licensed, they're provisionally licensed, um, they have to have a certain number of hours in order to gain their licensure. So they are able to work under a supervisor who is contracted with the particular insurance company. And so they're able to take that insurance under the supervisor's credentials. Um, So sometimes that can be tricky when the person becomes fully credentialed um, and they they then are not contracted with the insurance company. So um, it it is a tricky maze to navigate. And um, I always recommend having open conversations with providers um, about, you know, their their in-network status to make sure that that's understood. And that's something that I really want to speak to as well as a provider. I do take several different insurances. Um, I know a lot of people that don't, and I hear a lot of counselors that are moving away from taking insurance. Um, And and some of those reasons I can identify with, it's very difficult as a provider to work with insurance companies. Um, They have typically they pay much lower than uh, a private pay session would be typically. Um, they so they reimburse much lower than we would like um, and often they don't reimburse I mean it could be weeks it could be months after uh, so we might not get paid for six months or so and that's really difficult for somebody who is you know trying to provide for their family and support themselves and so that's another uh, really big reason that a lot of people choose to not take insurance and so I get a lot of Uh, emails and phone calls saying, I can't find anybody to take my insurance. I'm so frustrated. And I completely understand their frustration. And I also, as a provider, understand why. It's, um, we really have to jump through a lot of hoops as providers to be able to meet all of the criteria. And for some insurance companies, such as Medicaid, uh, there are such stringent requirements in terms of um, the the process we have to go through, the notes we have to do, we're we're required by insurance to always provide a a mental health diagnosis to clients. And that's something that I really struggle with. And I know a lot of other providers struggle with as well, because it's not always appropriate to give somebody a a significant mental health diagnosis. Um, And 
And so, you know, that's not something that we really feel is always necessary. However, uh, according to insurance, it's we cannot bill without it. And so there, there are multiple factors that um, lend to people not, you know, providers such as myself not wanting to take insurance, which leads then to a shortage in providers taking insurance. And, and then uh, people like myself who do take insurance consistently having a completely full schedule because I just get so many calls from people that cannot find a provider. So that tends to uh, be a, a challenging thing to navigate for both providers and clients. Yeah, and I, if I could just, you know, piggyback on that. So the, the insurance um, system is very antiquated and has not quite been brought into the 21st century. <laughs> um, and I often joke that insurance companies, it's a business plan to deny claims to, <laughs> you know, not pay claims, and then they just assume that you'll give up. And I've actually uh, lived that, so I don't know how much of a joke it is. Um, but I would really encourage um, individuals who are out there looking for services not to be confined by their insurance plan. I think people feel like I have this insurance, I need to use it. But a couple of things, you know, you may have a really large deductible. I've seen deductibles as high as $8,000. Well, if you're going to be paying the full cost of your session anyways, you know, reach out to a provider that's only taking private pay. Um, You know, sometimes insurance plans will have out-of-network benefits that the individual can seek reimbursement from the insurance company. It's not as robust a benefit as if you went to an in-network provider, but it's still some sort of reimbursement. So I always encourage um, people who are stuck trying to find a provider that's only in their network to, to think about it a little bit differently. It may cost a little bit more, but when you're investing in your mental health, I, I think it's a great investment to just make sure that you have a good match and that 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 you're not just going to a provider because they're they're covered by your insurance. That's a really good point. I do have an additional question uh, based on the the out of network. So if somebody chooses to go out of network because they have a really high deductible, for instance, and they do they try to get reimbursed by the insurance company, do their payments for mental health still go toward their deductible? So typically with an insurance plan, and again, all insurance plans, there's probably a million different insurance plans, but typically there's an in-network benefit that will have a deductible amount, and then there's an out-of-network benefit. So it depends on the plan if they cross over. Most um, that I've worked with in the past, they don't cross over. They're two separate pots of money, if that makes sense. It seems so complicated. If you are just joining us, this show is Mind Salad, a diverse discussion about mental wellness. My name is Lexi Ellis, and I'm the owner of a group counseling practice in Colorado Springs called Into Freedom Counseling. Today, we're talking about insurance for mental health benefits, and my guest is insurance biller Gabby Gay, who has lots of years of experience navigating the landmine that is insurance. Gabby, my next question for you is when insurance changes, when a client is in the middle of counseling, what does that mean for a client? So if a client has been seeing their counselor for six months, they get a different job, their insurance changes, what then? Yeah, so this is where communication between client and provider is 
is very important. We see this a lot at the beginning of the calendar year because employers will you know, contract with a new company to provide their insurance services and then the clients forget to let their provider know that their insurance has changed. Um, so this can be a challenge if you are going from an in-network provider with your insurance and then you get an insurance that's that your provider doesn't take. Um, so that's where the out-of-network benefit would be something to look into. And um, most providers are willing to offer a private pay rate um, that's similar to what um, the rate was that they were paying before, especially if there's a deductible, to work with the client so they can continue their services. Um, but, some, it, you know, it happens more often than it should. Again, it's an antiquated system where... Um, your benefits are tied to your employer, and, and people move jobs much more often than they used to. So it really can be a challenge. But if there's open communication, I haven't seen too many instances where the two parties couldn't come to a, an agreement on how to move forward. So communication is the most important piece, and hopefully the provider is willing to work with the client situation. Yeah. Help us understand what secondary insurance is. Oh, sure. So, and we're seeing more and more of this, especially with the pandemic and um, job loss. So, primary insurance is going to be your first payer, and secondary insurance is going to pay after the primary. So, we see this sometimes um, with clients who are married, and they may have a plan through their employer, but they're also on their spouse's plan. Um, So, they'll have two insurance policies. Um, Another instance where we see it is someone may um, have an insurance plan through their employer and they may also have Medicaid as secondary because they qualify for it. So um, basically how it works is we bill the primary. Um, The primary will decide what they are going to pay or not pay. And then any remaining costs are billed to the secondary. And so this process takes a little bit longer. And again, this is really important that there's good communication between the client and the provider to make sure that the provider is aware that the secondary insurance is in place. And and the really important thing about secondary insurance is you can't pick which one's primary. The companies have already decided that based on um, a series of criteria. So um, I often get calls from people who say, well, I want to use this one because the providers in network with my secondary. Uh, we, we are not able to pick which one is primary and secondary. That, that uh, is already established. So what happens if a client, potential client contacts a provider, the provider does not take primary insurance. Let's say the primary insurance is Anthem and secondary insurance is Medicaid. What happens when the provider does not take Anthem, but they do take Medicaid? So that's going to be, at the provider level, that's going to be a policy that they will have. Some providers say, we just don't do this, so we can't see you, um, because it can be a little bit of a paperwork nightmare. Um, But if the provider is willing to do it, they can submit the claim to the primary they will get a denial or an out-of-network um, judgment, and then they they can submit to the secondary. So, again, talk to the provider. If they're willing to do it, it's something that's doable. It, it can take extra time and extra paperwork, um, 
but once once you get going, it normally works pretty well. So communication is key, <laughs> is what I'm hearing, between a provider and a potential client. So if a client is wanting to seek a new provider, they need to ask a lot of questions. To sum everything up, if, if I were a new client looking for mental health counseling and I want to use my insurance, what suggestions do you have for me as a client to help figure this out? Yeah, so I always say that you're your, your own best advocate. So I always encourage people to do what they're comfortable with. So if your brain works in a way that you can call an insurance company and they can throw information about deductibles and out-of-pocket uh, maximums and all of that information at you and you can digest it and, and understand that complexity, then I always encourage, you know, reach out, understand as much as you can. There are some people whose brains don't work that way. That's why I have a job. <laughs> um, and so at that point, you need to work with the provider. Most providers work with somebody that will verify this information or they are skilled enough to verify it themselves. Um, but again, be your own best advocate. Understand before you go into it because at the end of the day, the client is responsible for any charges incurred for any services that they've received. So you just don't want to get yourself in a situation where you might understand your insurance and then have a huge bill because you didn't actually understand it. And so, um, yeah, so absolutely give a call to the, the insurance companies. They will walk you through it. If it doesn't make sense, go to the provider and say, hey, can you help me understand what these mean? So as a provider, what has happened a few times uh, is that a client does not know, for instance, that they have a deductible or a copay. And it takes a few weeks, I want to say, especially if a client is first starting, to get their information processed through the system for us to receive anything that tells us what a client might owe. At that point, potentially they've racked up a few hundred dollars. And so is a client at that point responsible for taking care of that uh, balance that they have after us finding out a month or two months later that they have a copay or a deductible? How does that work? Yes, they are responsible. Um, all providers have fee agreements um, that clients will sign when they become a new patient. And um, part of that fee agreement is that that insurance is done as a courtesy, but ultimately the client is responsible um, for any charges incurred. So um, I always recommend understand before you start. Um, that helps avoid a lot of headaches and um, possibly financial pain uh, after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Thanks so much, Gabby, for answering all of the questions about insurance. And hopefully this information will be helpful to anybody who's listening, who is wanting to go to counseling and wanting to use their mental health benefits. Thanks for joining us today on Mind Salad, a show that focuses on mental health issues from different perspectives. There will be four rotating hosts, all licensed mental health providers. Next week, your host on Mind Salad will be Yakita Renfro from New Beginnings Therapy.
My name is Lexi Ellis, and I am from Into Freedom Counseling. If you are looking for a counselor in Colorado Springs, we currently accept Medicaid and Cigna insurance as well as private pay. I would love to hear any feedback or questions that you might have, and we'll try to address those in any future shows. You can reach out to us through our website at intofreedomcounseling.com or intofreedomcontact at gmail.com. Again, that's intofreedomcounseling.com is our website. And our email address is intofreedomcontact at gmail.com. And you can send any questions or feedback to that email address as well. Thanks so much for listening. At Into Freedom Counseling, we strive to help you become the very best version of yourself. Into Freedom Counseling is a female and veteran-owned mental health counseling practice in Colorado Springs. They're in the business of helping people become the best version of themselves. They strive to offer clients a safe, private, non-judgmental space to talk, explore, and journey through the process of self-discovery and growth. Their compassionate group of clinicians provide services for adolescents and adults. To schedule a free consultation, call 719-755-4035 or go to intofreedomcounseling.com. You've been listening to Mind Salad, a discussion of mental wellness issues and topics with a rotating panel of mental health providers. Heard every Sunday at 1130 a.m. on KPPF and be sure to listen to the podcast on Podbean.